0: Welcome to Stoner Chicks, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I'm Kayla Teal. I'm Stephanie Thompson. I'm Phoebe Richards. And I'm Grace Penzel. And today we have two new friends in the house, PhD <laughs> yeah. scientists, Riley Kirk and Miyabi Shields, who have been educating the masses about how cannabis interacts with humans on TikTok and subsequently became colleagues working on the same project. Hi, Riley and Miyabi. Hello. How are
1: you doing? Hey, happy to be here. Thanks
2: for joining us.
1: Yeah, we're stoked. We
2: love meeting stoner chicks. <laughs> yeah.
1: Over the over the internet. Internet, <laughs> yeah, Zoom
3: friends.
0: We're so excited about your podcast, Smoke and Science. We often say on this podcast when we try to explain things, we're not scientists, so maybe someday we'll get some scientists on here. So here you are.
4: Here's Woo. our scientist. Pew 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 pew. That's my ear horn. <laughs> me, 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 pew, pew. Pew. And now today
1: we get to say we're not medical doctors. We're just scientists. <laughs> but, but,
3: just scientists. But we'll answer
1: it as scientists.
0: Well, you probably know a lot more about the endocannabinoid system than a lot of doctors. Just going to put that out on the limb.
1: On the limb,
2: (laughs) that one limb.
1: Unfortunately, probably true. Yeah,
2: we actually, we just had a conversation about that. It's, It's really not the medical professional's fault. It's really not incorporated into the schooling in medical school. So I think we'll see a shift towards that in the future. But unfortunately, it's really not part of the curriculum at all right now. I
1: was gonna say it is part of the curriculum for them to mention basically like purely the negative effects. We had a medical doctor, well, a friend of ours, Paloma, read like straight from the book what she was talk about, like taught about cannabis and med school, wow. and it was like may cause psychosis, can cause anxiety, <gasps> causes like increased heart rate. Like it was just
2: all oh, the negative. It's like it's like three sentences that are all like really <laughs> terrible things, and then that's it. That's the end of the section. <laughs> Is
1: completely terrifying and ignores like the you know four thousand years previous to that.
5: Well, and when I was listening to an episode of your podcast earlier, I was I was sitting there thinking, "Wow, cannabis really cures everything." Man. <laughs> 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 and so, yeah, very opposite.
2: Well, I think that's like it's kind of judged a lot where people are like, "Oh, people think cannabis helps with everything," and it's like that's the point like that is that why it's such a cool medicine is we have this endocannabinoid system and Cannabis can interact with that and it can bring it back to normal states or it can help, you know, reduce things that are overactive or et cetera. There's so many things, but the endocannabinoid system is involved in almost every single process in our body. So it is a little dramatic, but it should be. It's incredible.
0: So for someone, let's say someone's listening who doesn't know what the endocannabinoid system is. Can you, in layman's term, tell us what it is?
1: So I've been thinking about this a lot because I think I often compare it to serotonin and dopamine which people have heard of usually before mm-hmm. um but I'm going to back up even one step further from that um and just say that everything that we experience in our entire lives in the universe every single thing we taste, touch, and smell and hear and see everything we experience comes through our brain and our brain processes that information And the way that our brain processes all of this information is by using like little small molecules or chemical signaling molecules. And in our brains, every single one of us has multiple systems that are in control of all of these different things uh, that help us to interpret what we are experiencing. So if your fingers are touching something, they're sending a signal to your brain, your brain sends signals to itself, and these different like systems work together. So serotonin system, dopamine system, um, a lot of people have heard of maybe GABA or the opioid system, and the endocannabinoid system is just one of these systems that also exists in our brain. I'm biased. I very much so believe that it is the most important system out of all of the systems in our body. And because one of the things Riley mentioned earlier is that It's the endocannabinoid system is involved in almost every single process. And all of those other systems that I just talked about interact with the endocannabinoid system. So if I were to describe it to someone, I'd say... In your brains, you you have these molecules that turn things on and off. And if you think about them almost as like, I guess, maybe trains also are something that's maybe comparable where, you know, if you see a train system in a map way, you have, you have different train routes that can go different places. The endocannabinoid system is like a master system that helps control all mm. of the way that those other systems talk to one another and coordinate their communication with one another. Specifically, like how much or like how, how often they speak to one another.
0: So cool. So basically our brains are built to process cannabis.
1: Or, or the other way around, I would say it's probably equally, well, I don't know, Riley, what do you think?
3: Oh well, yeah.
2: I mean, so th- that's kind of what makes the cannabis plant so special is our bodies are, you know, they're totally self-functioning. And if I was, for the endocannabinoid system. And if I was explaining this, just Miyabi did an amazing job, but like you have all these signals being sent around and these receivers taking those signals. And then you have little machines that are making those signals and everything. So your body is totally prepared to... Take the molecules that cannabis makes and interact with that system. Whether you're turning things on, shutting things off, if your body naturally makes too much of something, cannabis can help reduce the amount that it's making so you don't get those, like, maybe jittery effects or something. Or if we're thinking of seizures and that overactive neurotransmitters it can say yo we're producing way too many fucking of these molecules so let's (laughs) produce less and then that's what Mm -hmm. cannabis can suppress those things that we need to suppress and activate things we need to activate so although uh, the body does function totally separate from cannabis the endocannabinoid system does cannabis really does have medicinal benefits you know if your body is a little off off a little bit and producing too much or too little or just just a little bit off. Cannabis can really help balance out your system um, because there's very few, well, I shouldn't say there's very few, not every other system in the body you can just kind of manipulate like that, so. Not without grave consequence. I was gonna say, right, right. and cannabis is, <laughs> cannabis is so safe, especially for, for having an endocannabinoid system. Cannabis is incredibly safe to use as a medicine compared to mm-hmm. many other uh, pharmaceutical drugs. That's awesome! Thank you for explaining that. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we're going to dive
3: into some fun short questions by Phoebe <laughs> that really encapsulate. These are two questions that I think encapsulate some of our top interests. The sure. first question for each of you is: What is your favorite stoner snack? This one's going to be. A, oh, yes, I'm
1: <laughs> I'm just what, what did you just say? I was
2: going to say it's it's always going to be watermelon because it's a drink and a snack. <gasps> Oh.
3: <laughs> oh, grace's mind is blown
1: probably gonna blow mine out of the water i was gonna go with peanut butter just like a whole oh. jar of peanut butter or frozen frozen, <laughs> frozen mangoes
3: Ooh, oh. mangoes yeah oh. i want to get stoned with you yeah. two that sounds good <laughs> yeah. great answers and then next question what is your favorite animal and why We talk about animals a lot for a cannabis podcast. Weed, snacks, and animals is mainly our topics.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm gonna be that person. I'm just gonna have to own it, you know. Like I'm the person when Mm -hmm. I was younger that had like all the T-shirts with just wolves on them, like a wolf (gasps) howling at the moon in like full moon in the
3: background. And
1: yeah, that's definitely my favorite animal. As to why, I think it's because I read quite a few books when I was younger that had wolves as the centric characters, and then a lot of the dogs that I grew up. Around were very spitzy, wolfish mixed dogs. So I used mm. to like pretend like I was a wolf.
3: Have you seen the movie Journey of Natty Gan?
1: No. Oh it's God, a great
3: maybe. 80s movie about a girl who befriends a wolf during the Depression and hops trains to get across the country with her wolf friend. <laughs> it's so good. That
2: okay. sounds great. <laughs> Phoebe
4: right. has been trying to get us to watch this movie for <laughs> as long as I've a known year. her. Watch party. <laughs> exactly.
5: Yeah, let's have a watch-along, Natty Gan. <laughs> Riley, what is your fave animal?
2: I've, yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough one, honestly. I think I'm kind of... Well, my favorite animal that I've touched and snuggled with is my cat, by far. Yeah, um, My cat, Rick, is my best friend. Always will be. But... For, like, an animal I haven't cuddled with, I would say an otter probably is oh. one of my favorites.
1: I was close. I was going to think you were going to say beaver.
2: Yeah, beaver's up there, too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've wanted to see a beaver really bad in Yellowstone every time I go. That's always my top list, and I, I've seen some moose, seen lots of cool animals, yet to see a beaver.
2: I, I'm hmm. sure it'll happen someday. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, thank you for answering those questions. And now I think back to the science.
0: <laughs> um, So tell us more about how you two met, because I know it was I'm pretty sure it's on it was on TikTok. Um, tell us about that and how you came to be colleagues.
1: I cyber stalked Riley. <laughs> Well, well, interestingly, I think it had to do with the algorithm. TikTok's algorithm, like, forced us to
2: be friends, potentially. (laughs) It's like... It's, just... it, it's a creepy algorithm it knows more about you than you know it's a matchmaker
3: algorithm really does. right
1: like <laughs> i like i don't know it was like the third video also i full disclosure here i didn't have like any social media really i'd never really used TikTok before and i was like i don't know those mm-hmm. things like dumb I'm whatever and then the third video that i scrolled on was riley explaining a graduate level pharmacology, like molecular pharmacology (laughs) subject in a TikTok, And I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, what? So then I was just like really interested. And then, um, yeah. So then I was like, oh, I want to know about your thesis. I came across the fact that Riley's thesis is so, so my PhD is in the endocannabinoid system. I studied the way that molecules interact with the targets, um, in our brain and body. And Riley's PhD is studying the plants and all the natural products, like the source of all of these molecules. So I just thought that was too cool of an opportunity to not like reach out and be like, hey, let's talk about like what you think about drug discovery. Oh, also, we both got our PhDs in what is the very beginning phase of of drug discovery like when you go to discover a new molecule or a new medicine the process of discovering a new drug has there's like a long process and riley and i both happen to do our phds in the very two first steps of that process of drug discovery so wow yeah and then what we met up for like true millennial style avocado toast
2: yeah, we like <laughs> we had brunch in Newport, Rhode Island cuz I was in Rhode Island still in grad school and Miyabi was in Boston at their company and Yeah, we met up in Newport. And honestly, all my friends were like, dude, stop being weird. Like, don't meet up with someone from TikTok. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you're going to get killed one of these days. And I'm like, "Nah, it's fine. Like, whatever. It's totally cool. So, yeah, we met up for brunch. And we both have, like, a very, very specific idea of, like, natural products and, like, natural medicine and cannabis and communication. And uh, our conversations just, like, went very, very, very well. And then, yeah, I had to finish up school. And then Miyabi ended up coming to my dissertation. That was pretty cool.
5: Oh, awesome.
2: Probably just the first dissertation ever to be publicly done on
1: TikTok live. Wow, (laughs) really? Yeah. (laughs) To my knowledge, I think it was the first one ever. It was awesome.
2: That's sick as hell. <laughs> Everyone would log on and go, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> so, <laughs> nobody knew what it was. Like my my like, <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's amazing, Cool.
0: And so now where you work, you're working on a new kind of edible, correct?
1: Yeah, it's a new type of extract.
0: Tell us about that.
1: Okay, so in short, edibles are different from smoking. That's like a very well-known thing. Um, and we usually talk about it because we talk about the absorption in the lungs or the absorption in the small intestine, or we say it's the metabolism, right? Like that when you eat an edible, you have to metabolize things first. But we don't, what we don't talk about at all is that when you smoke, you're applying really, really high temperatures and heat to cannabis flower which is really, really complex. Most edibles these days that are in dispensaries are made with like distillate or isolate, and they're pretty much only THC or only CBD, depending on, on what you're getting, which is, it's not true if they're, you know, edibles made with like crude extracts, like just like butter or something. But uh, as opposed to flour has, you know, between 300 and 400 unique molecules in every single, like, nug. Wow. Um,
0: so yeah, oh. that's what
1: we, that's why we're, currently working on is identifying all the different pieces i mean there's a lot there's a lot going on there and (laughs) that was that was something that was interesting too we have the same favorite like method of ingestion and this and things that are just like and the reasons why i think that it's hard to say like as an advocate or an educator like medically to be like oh my preference is to smoke jay's
2: like. we we love <laughs> smoking joints but we know also that not everyone in the world can smoke joints right like right. not everyone has the health to do that the ability the space like there's a lot of apartments and places you can't smoke weed uh and, yeah or even states you can't smoke weed um so kind of the goal of what we're doing is to create an extract that provides that feeling that you get from smoking but it can be in an edible form or a tincture form or a capsule form because the actual act of smoking does change the molecules that are entering your body. So we want to provide an extract that has that same profile, but you can eat it or you can apply it under your tongue or something like that. And they still, people will still be able to feel like they're smoking or as close as we possibly can get with the technology that uh, we're investigating. So that's kind of our goal. Cool cool very cool yeah
5: i i
1: don't really like edibles but it's just like they they don't hit me well
2: same
4: with stephanie they don't hit me
1: oh they don't hit you at all
4: not really yeah one time
0: stephanie ate a rice krispie treat and told and was like yeah nothing happened and then i ate the same rice (laughs) krispie treat and i tripped Balls. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You know what's crazy? Um, So Riley and I did a survey and I I still think like to to my knowledge, it's the only data set on this question that I've ever seen. But Riley and I did a TikTok survey about how many people can't feel edibles at all. And actually that there would be one of us in this conversation is statistically along the lines of what, what we got as well. That about one oh. out of every five people, one out of every five or six people can't feel edibles. Whoa. Wow. It's, that's <laughs> yeah. a, It's a lot of people. That's like a decent number of people that can't You're feel edibles. You're one, at Stephanie.
3: All. Yay. Yay. And, the well,
5: <laughs> and wouldn't that have extensive implications for the medical application of cannabis? Because if someone was prescribed, like THC capsules or something, and then they couldn't even absorb it in that way.
3: Oh, totally.
2: Percent.
1: Although yeah. it, it's still, I mean, I still think that's within the regular range when you think of other prescription pharmaceuticals. Also, have maybe for different reasons, but can also have that same issue. Like
5: one in six. Usually, people yeah. Wouldn't.
1: Usually, they know why. I mean, some some medications are even less than that. I mean, you really have to dig deep. To- to see what the actual like clinical trial implications are, in I mean, I don't want to. I'm not going to start off on uh, sure, um, sure. I won't, I won't. Let's not go down that road. Okay, <laughs> okay we'll, okay, we'll cool, be cool, down cool. there for a while. Then we'll start talking no, about yeah. why Riley and I were like not enthused about whatever. Gra-
5: <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, uh, I we don't... love
2: uh, tangents way too much.
5: Fair <laughs> enough, and so do we. So before we can't slow this train down, let's uh, take a wait. No, I don't know. <laughs> You were doing great.
2: <laughs> you were doing great, Grace.
5: Fuck me. Okay. That that's again. the best
2: that's the best transition. <laughs> yes. uh,
5: we can't do it. Well, let's get this train back on track to the smoke station. <laughs> okay. Uh, and now it's time for a smoke break. Smoke
4: <laughs> so great. That was an awesome smoke break, guys. Coming back at it. This um, is Stephanie here, and we have our guests here, <laughs> Riley and Abbey. And I actually listened to you guys talking about chemo diversity in plants and your brain and that was the stuff that was really speaking to me but I didn't quite understand it because you were talking about secondary
2: metabolics is am I being a good student here dude? Today? you're doing fucking unreal you're you're doing fantastic <sighs> Just what they um
4: but that I didn't realize that THC and CBD were secondary metabolics in the plant, that they were created in the plant to do secondary functions. And that was just really interesting to me. And then in on that, you were talking about just the whole, I guess, I, I love animals and ecosystems and biodiversity. So in my head, I was thinking of all the different, how the systems were working together were how complex ecosystems kind of work together. But I didn't know if that was right or not
2: it's so so spot on. I mean, it's really confusing because there's so many components to this topic that it's just like a broad topic in general, but you did such a good job describing what a secondary metabolite is and it's essentially, you know, the plant or any organism is going to make a a certain subset of chemicals just to stay alive. It needs to get energy, it needs to build cell walls, it needs to do the absolutely most important things. Those are called primary metabolites. It cannot survive without making those. So that's where it's going to put its energy to start. But then after it does what it has to do to survive, it's going to create a whole nother subset of molecules just to be better at surviving, to start, you know, beating things off in nature because nature is metal. I mean, everything's fighting everything. (laughs) You got to stay alive. So that's your secondary metabolites. So we don't know fully what all of these secondary metabolites do, but some of the functions are like protecting the plant from the sun, or tasting really bad to herbivores, so, it, so herbivores don't want to eat it, or even like toxins that uh, a plant will produce to make sure that if something does eat it, it gets sick. All of these compounds are called secondary metabolites. So, a lot of the molecules that plants make that humans use for medicine are secondary metabolites because they're so specialized. And oftentimes they're specialized for animals like insects that are eating them. And we're just kind of giant insects existing. So when we take in those secondary <gasps> metabolites, they're interacting with our bodies too, similar to how it interacts with an insect, except maybe it kills an insect and maybe it makes us feel high just because we're that much bigger. You know. So that's kind of how humans have started using secondary metabolites is we say, okay, well, this plant makes me feel this way. Or or we take a lot of um, like our current pharmacological data from traditional medicine and we say, okay, well, people used to use this plant for this reason. Let's explore that further. And turns out there's a secondary metabolite that's responsible for whatever function we're using that plant for
4: amazing awesome and then when you talk about natural products you're not just ta- talking about cannabis what are other plants and other natural products that have different secondary metabolites that offer different i don't know if medicinal qualities or just different
1: oh, effects so so many but really really common ones are anything that you've seen as like a tea that's sold oh. in like a store like mm. hibiscus the hibiscus flower petals contain um, MAOIs, which is short for monoamine oxidase inhibitors, and they have antidepressant activity. Um, they will not be like as strong or as singular as a pharmaceutical MAOI, but it contains molecules, secondary metabolites, um, that have been shown to have that ability. And there's plenty of other, uh, pretty much any, I, I don't know if this is 100% true, but I think all plants produce some form of secondary metabolites. It's whether or not we find them useful. And yeah. mm-hmm. oh, we've, we've okay. cultivated certain plants to have more secondary metabolites. Like we definitely have cultivated can Like we've bred cannabis. It has evolved like with us. Like we have intentionally changed and, and selected for more of the secondary metabolites, which I think is is awesome i'm really happy you brought up that question because this is like i'm i'm just so (laughs) excited i'm so excited this this topic chemo diversity is the reason why we decided to work together it's just like when when we were talking about it we were talking about it in the context of the forest i think so exactly what you were describing we were talking about it in the context of like the human body being like metaphorical to like all life on earth interacting with itself like the body is that complex like when if you zoom into like the inside of our not even the brain if you zoom into the molecular level of any of the parts of our body it is as unique of an ecosystem as like the Himalayan mountains versus like the Sahara desert versus like the Amazon rainforest and it has as many moving parts or more
5: that's crazy and
2: then and then you imagine taking the (laughs) chemo diversity of nature that every plant fungi bacteria is able to produce and combining that with humans and taking those things and how chemo diverse the human body is and then you just have an exponential mixture of combinations of those metabolites in our body it's it's insane it's like a fractal of life
1: and it like repeats, there's somewhere where it has to repeat itself. You know, when you're up very high and a river looks like a blood vessel. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. And if you were up very high, like um, if you look at a desert, it looks like skin cells or like cells under a, under a microscope. There's something there about this, like there's some sort of thing between the like big macro and the the micro universe that I I understand in fleeting moments in certain perspectives you know what <laughs> i mean but then like quickly lose that, that the ability to convey what i'm like trying to describe but um uh, you know the cannabis plant that we use and we can take these molecules in and that it can give us these effects and that they it's beautiful i just think it's a beautiful relationship and it's not it's not magical even after you break down like the cut and dry of what atoms are interacting with what atoms it doesn't stop it from being any less like miraculous
2: but it does what it does
0: well that's a mega high thought
2: And, you know, that that is like part of reason what we do with smoke and all is it's essentially the most chemo diverse formulation that we can think of. It's it's your smoked cannabis that you can actually have interact with your body, because if you were to just take the pure THC isolate, like isolated pure THC, nothing else in there. And that would interact with your body. It's going to feel like a lot. It's going to be super stimulating and just kind of overwhelming almost because it's just one molecule in super high concentrations whereas if you had a lower concentration of hundreds of different compounds interacting with your body that's a completely different feeling and the therapeutic benefits could be completely different
0: oh my gosh it sounds like you're like at the forefront of the future of cannabis edibles you
1: are i mean i think the hard i think the more difficult thing that the education barrier that we're trying to Help people realize about feeling better and about effects from cannabis is that THC is given a lot of credit. And I think that THC is an amazing molecule. It also happens to be like the first molecule, the first psychoactive molecule that we identified. And, you know, for me, from my opinion and from my experience, like my opinion of it is that when you add in other cannabinoids, if we could eventually understand that total interaction, we'll be able to harness a lot of these really unique effects that are otherwise kind of like a fleeting thing that might happen sometimes. Like, you know, every once in a while you get a Bruce Banner batch that's like awesome and it ha- it has this amazing potential to kill headaches. And then, mm-hmm. and and sometimes you can repeat that, right? Like it's, it's not that it's not 100% repeatable. It's just that we don't know why <laughs> yet. Yeah.
0: Well, on your podcast, you do a two-part episode series about cannabis and pain which was so interesting to me learning about how the theory of endocannabinoid deficiency and how that could be leading to a lot of chronic illness like fibromyalgia migraines we had a guest on a few weeks ago who said that she had chronic migraines her whole life until she started using cannabis and no more and i love everything you all said on that so for our listeners if you're interested in learning more about that we're almost out of time, but go listen to Smoke and Science because there's so much good info on there. You can listen to the episodes over and over so you could just keep absorbing yeah. <laughs> what the information that y'all throw out. It's great. I just nerded out on you guys
4: in the last couple of days, and it just has been really informative listening to you because there's so much stigma behind cannabis use where you're just a pothead or a stoner or whatever, and you you kind of sometimes buy into the stigma and not really understand the science behind it. And this kind of unlocks a lot of that and kind of tears down a lot of that stigma, which I really appreciate. That was a long-winded saying, way of saying
3: thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> right before we started recording with you, we were talking about the weed journals that you two keep. And we were really interested oh, oh, yeah. in starting that and wanted to ask a little about that. Like, what is your how do you do your weed journal? And what should we
5: include in our weed journal if we start one yeah
1: that's such a hard thing to say like what people should include because the oh. the best well because the best weed journal is one that you're going to keep for a very long time so you get enough information so like mm-hmm. for if you start off gung-ho being like if if i were to say like definitely write down like time of day whether or not you've eaten like the full cannabinoid profile and terpenoid profile and everything (laughs) like sure that would be ideal but you're only going to do that once before you're
2: like (laughs) you know screw in a Uh, very specific mood when you're like i'm gonna get out my fancy pen and write it out and other times you're like where's my bong i need i need to do this (laughs)
1: um i i was very methodical and i specifically looked at cbd and thc first that was like Mm -hmm. the way that i did it so i did like a tea break um it was the last one that i've it was the last true tolerance break i've I've done it was a very very long time very long time ago um and then like reintroduced things and figured out that I i really do like cbd i like to balance things with cbd And I didn't know Mm -hmm. that until then. I was like halfway through my PhD.
2: (laughs) And it's also depending on where you get your cannabis, if you get your cannabis from a dispensary, it can be a bit easier because a lot of them come with stickers that already have like your COA essentially telling you, okay, this is how much THC, this is how much CBD. Uh, They might give you a lot more information, they might give you less. I like to just like carefully peel that off and put it in my journal if I can yeah Mm. my partner recently just like ripped it off and threw it away and i was like bro i keep (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile you have like a scalpel I, i was like have you not noticed um but but so i usually would put that down and then i would write like how i ingested it so like You know, like, I smoked a half a joint of this. I felt this way. Did it make me really tired? Did, like, I'm very, like, feeling-based after. So I'll say as much as I can about the profile. Then I'll write how I ingested it. Time of day is huge when you're thinking about your endocannabinoid system. And then how it made me feel just, like, two sentences. And that's pretty much it. What a great
0: idea. I never would have thought to do that.
2: Well, Riley Miyabi... Thank you so
0: much for joining us. This has been really fun. We'd love to have you back sometime because we probably each have like 10 more questions we want to ask you. Uh, But thank you for taking the time. It was really great. And let us know and our listeners know, where else can we find you? Where can they find you on the internet to get more of this info?
2: Yeah. So you can find our company's Instagram page at Smoke and All, S M um, O K E N O L. So that can be found on Instagram. And then you can find both of us on Instagram. Um, I'm Cannabacam and Miyabi, what was yours? Mine's Miyabi PhD, which is um, spelled like my name. Yeah. Yeah. And we're both on TikTok as well under those same names. Sweet. Except Smoke and All doesn't have a TikTok. We're just individual
1: yeah and that's where our podcast smoke and science posts its updates and stuff and we're about to start our se- we're really excited for our next season but thank you so much for having
2: us this is really fun yeah this was, this was so
3: fun it was so nice meeting you two
2: yeah great to meet you guys
0: all right stoners thanks for listening you can find out more about us at Stonerchickspodcast.com, instagram stoner chicks podcast twitter stoner chicks pod and tiktok at broccoli broads have a great day we love you Smoke your weed. Every day. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Stoner Chicks Podcast.
4: We want to thank our editor, Shari Junko, the composer of our theme music, Jessica Damari, and Ben Redder and AJ Dent for creating our rad cover art. Email us your high thoughts at stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stonerchickspodcast.